Hey Breakers, it's me, Amy. I am popping in and popping on. This is actually the second or third recording of this episode because I had it posted earlier and I just didn't like it. I didn't like how it sounded. I didn't like the way that it was working. And so I decided to delete it and re-record it. So here I am. Uh, it just felt really disjointed to me and it just didn't feel good about it, right? And we all want to show up and feel good about what we're offering and sharing with the world. So here I am, re-recording. So one of the things that we're talking about this month is planning for your success. And planning for your success is 100%, you know, I mean, planning for your success, like the core foundation of it, honestly, is self-care. And our self-care is critical because we can't show up in the world. We can't do new things without making sure that we have more energy. Because anytime you're growing something, you have to have more energy. You can't, have, you can't do the same type of self-care and create more energy out of it so you can grow and nurture your business and show up in the world more bravely and reach past and through the fear and show up more bravely. All of that takes more energy. So we have to increase our self-care. And the self-care that I really encourage and often talk to people about, especially those that I work with, are physical, so spiritual, social, and emotional. Those are the four areas that I really encourage people to focus on and think about when they need to up-level their game in their practice and their business and their leadership role because these are the four areas that will help us avoid compassion fatigue and burnout this is something that every solopreneur every woman in leadership every therapist i know bumps up against bottom line so we really need to pause and really think about when we're struggling with self-care, when we're starting to toe that line of compassion fatigue. And some of the ways that we, you know, that we experience compassion fatigue and burnout and some of the more prevalent symptoms that I hear are when you're struggling to connect with your clients zoning out when you're working on your biggest challenges or and this happens to everybody and i'm certainly not proud of it because it certainly happened to me when i'm zoning out when i'm with a client that's not okay that's out of line with my integrity and i highly suspect it's out of line with yours so if you find yourself zoning out when you're supposed to be working on your biggest challenges or zoning out when you're with a client that's a huge red flag huge red flag um, maybe it's because I live in Athens, Georgia, and, you know, we're all about the bulldogs here, but I, I always say, like, flag on the play. Like, that's not okay, and that's not cool. Uh, another great sign for us that we're struggling with compassion fatigue or that uh, we're tending towards burnout, we don't have the energy levels that we need, is that when we start really actively avoiding things that we know that we need to be working on or doing. And in truth, we all do that. And, uh, you know, that's just another sign that something deeper is going on. If you find yourself wishing a client would cancel an appointment because you're tired and you're exhausted, that is a big red flag 
that you are on the road to burnout and compassion fatigue. If you're not wanting to be at work, if you're finding that you're being short and angry with loved ones over inconsequential things or things that you wouldn't normally get angry or upset over, true, you could be having a bad day, but if this is starting to consistently happen, then you need to start noticing that they're starting to become an unhealthy pattern and that you might and that you're likely struggling with burnout and compassion fatigue. And so those are all of the flags that I like to talk to the people that I work with uh, and that I share with my own clients. And these are all of my own personal red flags because we all struggle with compassion fatigue. We all struggle with burnout on some level. If you're not a part of the breakthrough group, you should go in. I did a whole episode, um, a whole live video talking about, you know, those really humbling moments when I realized that I was, you know, it probably like millimeters away from, from burnout and compassion fatigue. So it's really important that we be aware of those red flags and really focusing on our self-care and the physical, spiritual, social, and emotional roles and those components are really gonna help us avoid those and avoid that space. And we are worth nurturing in these four components and in these four areas. So, you know, one of the things that can lead to our compassion fatigue is when we're in what I call like high hustle season and we're starting to negotiate and we're starting to negotiate with ourselves during high hustle season um, and trying to, and we start putting things off. We'll say, oh, that's okay. Because what I, what I refer to as, so there's high hustle season and the opposite of that is transition and low season. So for me and my work, uh, this definitely in my therapy role, I'm still finding the ebbs and flows in coaching and consulting, but high hustle season always happened between August and September and January and February. And there was always a small jump in October and March. There are lots of reasons why that I won't get into why I think that those uh, or our high hustle seasons, but they are in, or at least they are in our area. And so one of the things that would always pop up for me during high hustle seasons is I have trouble saying no to people, right? Because I'm a helper, I'm a healer, I'm a leader. I want to help people like that's part of my purpose. And so Oftentimes I would end up taking more people on my caseload than I really should have because I hated telling people no. And I know how brave it is to finally reach out and pick up the phone and make that phone call. So I would often take more people on during high hustle season, even though I had maybe some of more of the, I work, what is called working on your business tasks to do, I say, that's okay. I'll work on it calm, transition, and low season. So I would accept people on and I would fill up my time 
and I'd be hustling, right? And we all know that when you start to hustle and you hustle for too long, you're heading down the road of compassion fatigue and burnout. So like anything, we talked about high hustle season and, you know, and now we're going to start talking a little bit about transitions and slow season. This is when things start kind of slowing down. And for me, this really looks a lot like mother nature and our seasons, right? Um, because summer is like that, you know, all of the rain and nurturing and the planting of the seeds and all of that from mother nature and the trees, you know, they plant and they take root and they come to fruition in summer uh, with the beautiful sunshine and rain. And then it starts to transition into fall and winter and spring. And fall and winter are usually those transition seasons and those slower seasons where we start to quiet down. We start letting go of things. We start um, resting and nurturing because those are the things that happen in fall and winter and they're beautiful. And we all need times to rest and to nurture ourselves. And so that's what transitions and slow season and slow season are about. However, if we're in high hustle season and we're saying it's okay, I'll push it off to like to my transitional periods and slow season we actually are creating more work for ourselves later because now when we are supposed to be resting and spending time with our family during slow season, which it, for me is typically, um, like I just said, is, is typically uh, in the summer. So June and July are usually really, really quiet. However, that's when I also want to be spending time with my family, right? It's when you want to be spending time with your family, especially if you have kids, because then your kids are home from school and they're having to get used to a whole new schedule and maybe they're in camp all day long. So then you're, you know, you're kind of hustling through that and there's never a time of rest. There's never a time of rejuvenation because you're either maintaining a lot, you know, some of those clients through the summer and that all the extra clients that you, you know, that you're retaining because you took them on during the high hustle season, now you're in slow season, they're still on your caseload. Now you want to spend time with family and you pushed off all of the working on your business things because you said, oh, I'll have time in slow season or during one of those transitional phases. And so what that means is that there's really no time for your soul and your body and your mind to rest and do the things that they're meant to do. I cannot tell you the number of times where I've done this. It's ridiculous. Um, and so please know that I, I offer and I say all of this with a whole, whole lot of wisdom. And that came from being humbled, right? And so when we're talking about the slow season, we're talking about the things that, you know, when we talk about working on your business versus in your business, well, working on your business is all of the things that you pushed off to slow season. And the slow season, you know, the working on your business things that you're supposed to be working on are client onboarding systems 
contractor and employee onboarding systems, online booking and payment systems, worksheet development and organization. I mean, think about if, you know, if you're anything like me, I love to give the people I serve worksheets and ideas and journal prompts and things like that. I rarely have time to really get them organized and to really know what I had so that I can use it effectively. You don't allow yourself the time to work on those workshop ideas or those masterclass ideas. And the networking and the marketing, truth be told, they never ever end. They never end, ever. <laughs> Network and marketing are always going on. And that's a challenge, right? Because, you know, there's just so many things to do. You're trying to do all the things. And this kind of goes back to, it's not really about time management. It's about energy management. So as you're thinking about the things, as you're thinking about the onboarding systems for clients and contractors and employees and online booking systems, you can't relax because you can't let go of all the things. And that's hard because then your family and your loved ones don't get to see you. They get to see the tired and exhausted you. And that's not who they want. And that's not how you want to be showing up at home, particularly to the people that you love the most. So it's really important to understand that burnout can come full circle if you aren't moving forward thoughtfully. And it's just very critical that you be aware and really work on not always hustling to get more systems into your practice or to make sure that you're doing all of the things in the marketing and the network and you know, what does that flow look like for you? What do those things need to look like for you? Because that's all self-care. And the longer you avoid resting and rejuvenating, the longer you're putting your heart, mind, and body, and soul into your practice, the faster and closer you run to getting burned out. And that's when you can't serve anyone in your life or in your business. And that's not what the world needs. That's not what you need. That's not what you deserve. And that's not what your family deserves. So really understand that part of self-care when you're scaling, when you're growing, when you're maintaining is really having the self-care muscle because that's going to help you manage your energy flow so that you can be more effective in what you're doing. And there are lots of ways, you know, that you can incorporate these things into your life. There are lots of ways that you can create self-care and to nurture that physical, spiritual, social, and emotional. And I talked a lot about it in last week's episode. So you may want to go back and check that out. And, you know, I wish I could say that, you know, taking care of these four components 
so that you can plan for your success. I wish I could say it was easy and because oftentimes, and I've talked about this lots but um, enough before, but if you're new, one of the things I talk about all the time is, you know, people think that simple means easy. The solution is simple, so therefore it must be easy to do. And that's just it's simply not true. It's simply not true because if it were easy, it'd already be done. So there must be more to it and we need to honor that for ourselves and for our families and for the people that we serve because humaning is hard. It's hard and that's okay. And I really want you to take with you today is finding ways to uplevel your physical self-care, to uplevel your spiritual self-care, to uplevel your social self-care, and to uplevel your emotional self-care. There are lots of ways to combine this. There are lots of ways to do it. There's no right or wrong. I promise there's no right or wrong in this. There's your way, and you can find it. And it's not like you have to have all four of these going all at the same time because there are many ways that self-care looks. There's your way. So I hope that this helps you and I would love for you to download and grab your self-care success plan uh, for solopreneurs, therapists, and leaders. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you to go grab it. And I hope that you're showing up in the world in a way that truly feels good to you and who you are. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Bye.